0: KPC's weekly podcast. Deeper still, we've had significant technical difficulties getting started today. Jane has been very unhappy with the placement of her chair. So we've had to work that out and it's just a miracle we're even doing the podcast today. But we we do welcome you. You're crowding me. Uh, Yes, I'm crowding Jane. So you you are welcome. Um, And we are today going to take a look at King David, an episode in his life. We talked about it yesterday. And the question in the sermon was, how can we call David a man after God's own heart, given that one thing, which is the whole episode with Bathsheba that turned into uh, just family devastation in David's life, um, first through the death of an infant son, um, that uh, moment of of horrendous... Uh, uh, violation of his son Amnon against his half sister Tamar, leading to uh, Absalom, the other brother, putting um, an assassination bounty and and uh, pulling it off with Amnon, and then just the upheaval and rebellion within the kingdom that ended in Absalom's death. So one sin uh, just creates this box car, uh, this this train car cataclysmic uh, derailment. And so that was what we, we dealt with yesterday. So we'll look at just an aspect of it. James, would you like to say anything before we get started here today?
1: No, let's jump in.
0: A woman, a few words. It tells me there's much wisdom that's about to come forth. So here's what we're going to do. We are going to do this a little differently today. Um, I'm going to read through uh, this, this one section, which is really Nathan's Rebuke of David. And we're just going to kind of stop along the way, either one of us will stop, and we're just going to kind of comment on what we see here, because there's a lot of meaty stuff. So uh, at this point, David has sinned with Bathsheba. Um, he has had her husband killed, and then David has tried to just go on back to life as if nothing happened leading to this. Second uh, Samuel chapter 12. So the Lord sent Nathan the prophet to tell David this story. There were two men in a certain town. One was rich and the other was poor. The rich man owned a great many sheep and cattle. The poor man owned nothing but one little lamb he had bought. He raised that little lamb and it grew up with his children. It ate from the man's own plate and drank from its cup. I'll just stop here to say... (laughs) That lamb means a whole lot to this brother. There's no question. <laughs> I know, that was a deep insight. You're welcome, everyone. You are welcome. Um, okay, uh find my place again. He cuddled it in his arms like a baby daughter. One day a guest arrived at the home of the rich man, but instead of killing an animal from his own flock or herd, he took the poor man's lamb and killed it and prepared it for its guest. Now, The only thing I'll say here is David, at this point, does not realize this is an allegory. Um, He thinks this is an actual news story from Nathan. David was furious. As the NIV said, he burned with anger. As surely as the Lord lived, he vowed, any man who would do such a thing deserves to die. He must repay four lambs to the poor man for the one he stole and for having no pity on him. Mm. Okay, so we stopped there with the story itself. Okay. Any any thoughts so far?
1: Well, oh, reminds me at first of all I could think of when you arena is for those familiar with um, Veggie Tales is King George and the Ducky.
0: <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> well, that's quite an observation. I can just I love. see
1: that in my mind.
0: Yeah, um, Nathan is an asparagus. Yeah, Nathan the asparagus.
1: Um, no, I mean what. Strikes me really, is um how our sin just blinds us to the truth. You know, David he's committed this horrible sin, but he he just he's so he's so blinded by it that he when he's confronted with it. He, he can't even see. He can't even see that Nathan is talking about him, and he's so enraged by someone else's sin, which was so much less taking <laughs> a taking a sheep, you know, from a lamb, from a you know that's so much less. <laughs> um, but David can't even see that, and I just think it's it's just I think it's just it's a spiritual truth. That when we um, indulge our sin and we're not repentant of our sin, our sin, I mean, you know, the wages of sin is death. And in a, in a r- very real sense, it's just a spiritual death. And you become blind to, to the truth.
0: Yeah, and that's got to be happening here because David has slept with Bathsheba he's killed her husband and his conscience hasn't gone off yet that's that's what is startling here is here's a guy who's never done anything that we know of in scripture except have victory after victory with god hearing the voice of god being called out by god i mean he he you just assume david's really been close to the lord until this one thing and holy cow he breaks commandment number seven, commandment number 10, which one is murder? So he's he's coveted another man's wife. He's committed adultery with her. There's two commands, and he's murdered somebody. So his first sin is like gigantic, and nothing has gone off in this guy. He's just doing his thing. But you think the setup would give it away like, okay, David, a prophet of God and this is the guy who's calling himself a prophet. Hey, trust me, I'm a prophet. Nathan is an established prophet. He shows up, and he's telling you a vague story about sin. <laughs> you know, dude, you don't get it yet. You're mad over somebody else. Yeah, it's 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 fascinating, the blindness uh,
1: it, yeah, at this point. Right, and it's so fascinating that he could see the sin of someone else, you know, but not his own
0: sin. And be outraged over somebody else's right, sin.
1: Right, yeah. yeah. It's, yeah.
0: It's, okay. All right, so uh, David's here. Okay, then Nathan said to David, you are that man. The Lord, the God of Israel, says I anointed you king of Israel and saved you from the power of Saul. I gave you your master's house and his wives and the kingdom of Israel and Judah. And if that had not been enough, I would have given you much, much more. Mm. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Talk about an ouch. Yeah. I mean, I'm hurt. I didn't do it and I'm hurting. (laughs) I mean, I want to stick my head in the sand and I haven't done this. I mean, you
1: know what? what I hear though in that is, um, is, um, I hear a tenderness in that rebuke, you know, from the Lord. And also, um, like, grief, you know, grief on God's part. You know, I would have given you, David, anything. If if what I gave you wasn't enough, all you had to do was ask me for more, and I would have given it to you. So it was like a grief in God's heart over David's sin. But also just—it's definitely a rebuke, but just— I, I feel like I just see the tender heart of God towards yeah. David,
0: yeah, I agree. I felt the same way when I read that. just that it, it's interesting for me that when I hear God unpack his heart like that, you know i I mean, I can almost feel like you can feel the Lord weeping, but when you when God rolls his heart out toward David, this is how I feel about you. This is what I would have done. Mm. you know it's just the kindness of God. But it almost moves you to tears, just like you say, the brokenheartedness and the compassion of God toward David. But it also makes me see what a big deal this is. Yeah. Especially what comes next.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, Why then have you despised the word of the Lord? And I think that, I I feel like that's um, chipping, you know, it's pointing toward the Ten Commandments. Mm -hmm. You know, everyone in Israel knows these, David, and you've just, broken at least three of them. Why have you despised the word of the Lord and done this horrible deed? For you have murdered Uriah the Hittite with the sword of the Ammonites and stolen his wife. Wow. Okay, let's stop and look at that for a second. Any thoughts there?
1: Well, I just imagine what David is like, the blinders are coming off of him. Oh, yeah. What is he feeling? What is the impact of this?
0: Yeah, it's like Nathan saying, okay, let's take away the man. Let's take away the sheep. <laughs> and let's talk about the real issue. And Because what he says here, um, you despise the word of the Lord. There's this horrible deed. You have murdered Uriah the Hittite with the sword of the Ammonite. So you've used... And it's interesting because it's like, David, you you had this man killed and you're trying to pin his death on the enemies of God. Like, even in what you did, you did it manipulatively. You know, you didn't walk over to Uriah and plunge the knife in his heart. You used, you know, you had had everyone else step back in battle. So Uriah gets killed. He used his power. Yeah. You're using your power. Yeah. And, 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 you know, you're, maybe this act will even enrage israel further against its enemies and you know what the word says about uh manipulation is as unto the sin of witchcraft but you're manipulating but you 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 killed him you stole his wife um and i th- i think there's a subtle thing here too well i don't know if it's subtle but um that leaps off the pages you've destroyed their family you know i mean there, there will be no future generation. I did say that in the sermon. There, there, uh, Bathsheba and Uriah, they will have no family now together. I mean, you destroyed whatever generations were to come. Um, and I wonder what, if, we, if we can even look at manipulation a little further, because with the sin itself, I mean, David sees her bathing. He gets tempted. He gives to lust. And she comes to him. But how does she come to him? He summons her. Yeah. The king, I am the king, I call you to me. So abuse of power, it it just goes further and further with David here. Okay. Um, From this time on, your family will live by the sword because you have despised me by taking Uriah's wife to be your own. This is what the Lord says. Because of what you have done, I will cause your own household to rebel against you. I will give your wives to another man before your very eyes, and he will go to bed with them in public view. You did it secretly, but I will make this happen to you openly in the sight of all Israel. Hmm. Now that's some serious punishment Hmm. right there. But you said this earlier in prepping for this. You you pointed this out earlier. Um, When David gets upset and enraged, uh, he says... Um, any man who would do such a thing deserves to die he must repay four lambs to the man for the one he stole and for having no pity and you said
1: David was prophesying his own curse
0: yeah his, his own, own judgment judgment yeah, yeah David actually speaks Not curse, judgment yeah yeah he speaks what's coming his way yeah so he's like he's the first prophet <laughs> in his own situation before Nathan well before Nathan levies this and you did it secretly, but I will make this happen to you openly in the sight of all Israel. So, okay, here's the question. Um, you know, God often gets cast in the old Testament as wrathful, angry, short fused. Um, I've made the joke before, like God's just waiting to pull on his, to pull his smite boots on right. and just start stomping.
1: Right. um,
0: but it's interesting that when you look at the whole context, we talked about context as king. Mm-hmm. You always find there is a really good reason, and usually God could go a lot further. Like when David finally confesses, he says, "I've sinned against the Lord." Um, Nathan says back to him, "Well, you're not going to die for this."
1: Right? I think I uh, don't. I think in the NIV, uh, David says, "I have sinned against the Lord," and then the very next. Past scripture is Nathan saying, "God has forgiven you." Yeah, like it's that's the first word out of his mouth. Yeah, <laughs> right. And it, it's yeah, it's the very it's the very first thing he says to David's repentance. You're forgiven.
0: Yeah. So to David's credit, mm-hmm. he repents. To God's credit, he forgives
1: immediately. Like yeah. David, as soon as David's eyes are opened to to his sin, he repents. Yeah, like there there wasn't any arguing or because i think knowing myself <laughs> that i i would guess that david had a pretty easy time justifying what he was doing you know he's king so he can he has ultimate power um How can he say for sure that it's his fault that Uriah got killed? You know, Uriah was in battle. Right. You know, that's, you know, I didn't kill him. I just, you know what I'm saying? Like, I could see how he could have justified it to the point where he didn't even really feel it anymore. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Or if he ever felt it. Which is what we do with sin, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, I know myself. Yeah. I have a right to feel the way I feel because of what they did. I had a right, you know, I mean, we we excuse our sin away. but And David's got, like you said, a, a boatload of them. He's king of Israel. He's, he's over the law, in a sense. You know, he distributes, dispenses it as he wants to. He's conducting a war for crying out loud. You know, hey, things happen in war. But the bottom line is, God knows. God saw. God knew his heart. Yeah, God knew his heart. The man after God's own heart, God sure knows that heart well.
1: Well, his actions were clearly. Yeah. <laughs> um were clear they were sin for sure but god also no matter how much we try to justify god knows our hearts i just have to say this i don't please do because i've heard, i've heard this um preached before i've heard this talked about before in that um some of david's sin with bathsheba lies some of that is, uh, should be laid at the feet of Bathsheba. Mm. Like she is to blame for bra- bathing on a roof where David could see her. I just, I found that really, um, offensive, but I've heard that preached before, you know, that that's, that, that she's to blame, that he's not completely responsible for that.
0: Yeah. And I, I mean, I would just suggest that the, um, the way to go forward with that is to stay biblical. Um, you know, Scripture is really clear when when fault where fault needs to go, when it needs to go somewhere, who who it's pinned on. Um, you know, for example, Adam and Eve. Um, you know, the same thing happens with Eve. You know, Eve. Well, Eve took the apple. You know, Eve led Adam into sin. You know, if it weren't for Eve, Adam would have, he would have been fine. But Scripture tells you very clearly, and it's small, but it says, but Adam was right there with her. I mean, the whole time he's a party to the (laughs) conversation. And so blame falls in in both camps. Here, though, Scripture doesn't in any way indicate that Bathsheba's done anything wrong. And so I can see how someone could, okay, let's stretch it and do that. But I think it's a very irresponsible stretch because, um, you know, yeah, Bathsheba loses a son, right, and all this she loses a husband. But David, this is clearly a case of David abuses his authority, calls this woman over. Um, yeah, it's to me that's pretty irresponsible to do. You yeah. know, I, I wasn't the one who preached that, was I? <laughs> oh my God, good. Gosh, no. <laughs> okay, good. I want to make sure that wasn't <laughs> the early days or something.
1: No, yeah. no.
0: Okay, but but, I, okay. Go ahead. No, no. So I was just going to ask. But is it wrong of God? Because this is, this is where, you know, all the Old Testament kind of God, God is the God of, you know, a bad attitude, woke up on the wrong side of the bed comes from. But what, what do we do with God in this situation where David asks for forgiveness? Mm. Nathan says you're forgiven, but the effects of your sin are going to play themselves out for a yeah. while in your life. Yeah. What you did in secret is going to happen publicly. Right. You destroyed one family, David and you know it's it's going to follow you back home to your own right. and and I don't know that I have a great answer for that. Yeah. Um I mean I do struggle I,
1: honestly I struggle with the fact that their child their <coughs> their son dies the baby that you know Bathsheba had dies uh you know if there was anyone innocent in this it was it was the baby. Right. And um Yeah, and I know there are consequences for sins. Things are set in motion, but that was clearly a consequence. I mean, Nathan says the baby will die because of your actions. Yeah,
0: yeah, but a little part of what my mind does with that is I think it's I think that the the story pays off for us today in that um, the evangelical church, for the most part, has finally embraced the message of grace without shame. You know, for years it was like, well, we've got to keep preaching sin. we got to make sure everybody knows what sins are. We need to call sins out. Um, forgetting that there is a Holy Spirit and it's not us. Um, and, and, and certainly we shouldn't shy away from sin, but we just there was such an overemphasis on sin and behavior and keep it together. And we have taken, I think, a very beautiful journey into grace. But the church that's embracing the love and the grace of God I think still very rightly to be healthy, we do need to understand that the wages of sin still are death. Um, You know, you look at the fall, sin has incredible consequences in our world. And I like that the story reminds us of that. And too, I just think of, you know, God is the God of love and mercy and salvation, but he is also the just judge Mm -hmm. and his judgments are right. And, um, you know, it it is tough, though, when you say that about the baby, because it's true. This child is innocent. Um, And I think too, with Amnon and Absalom, you know, David's sons that go on to commit horrendous sins, you know, God is not prompting them to sin. Mm -mm. I think somehow we have to understand that, that these are young men that are making very real, willful decisions. They are absolutely in control, just as David was. And so it's not like God's going, okay, well, you know, since you slept with David... I mean, with Bathsheba, um, okay, Amnon, you're going to do this sin. And, you know, God's not, you know, God is not directing anybody into sin. He's holy and mm-hmm. pure. Um, but there is definitely a protection, a grace over this family that peels back for quite a while. Mm. And whose fault is it? It's David's, not God's. Right. And, yeah, so I, I think there's just some ways we, that we can balance it in some respects, Mm -hmm. but golly, it's tragic. The whole Mm -hmm. thing is just... Yeah. But I guess never underestimate the positive influence of a negative example. That's true in this case.
1: But your sermon really goes on to talk about how David spent the rest of his life, you know, in 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 a repentant lifestyle, you know, and that is why he, you know, and he went on to write, Psalms, and you know, so many of the Psalms, and um, or had he
0: written a lot of those before, or even? No, no, I, I mean, think it all comes all after. I think it's all after, all,
1: yeah. So, well, that, some
0: of it though, some of the Psalms say, you know, while David was fleeing from Saul, so some of them, yeah, come yeah, early, yeah, 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 but many of his Psalms are reflections toward yeah. the end of his life, I believe,
1: right? So how he just went on to live a very repentant life, you know? yeah. Because and, and to really embrace the love and the mercy and the grace that God gave him, and how he showed that to his own children, even
0: to a fault. To perhaps. a fault, yeah. Yeah, you're right. You put that. that's a good thing to point out that where Nathan said you've despised the word of the Lord, David falls in love with the word of the Lord at the end of his life where he was quick to take from someone else. He, I mean, there's a willingness here to even let go of the kingdom, if that's what God wants. Um, yeah, he shows kindness, mercy. So David is a man at the end of his life who, he is, he's tender, he's broken, he's humble. He has a great reign. I mean, he goes on to do some wonderful things for the Lord. So... It's not like this whole thing is. Well, David's life is wasted from here on out. You see a man who is reclaimed and restored <coughs> by the end of his life.
1: I wonder if there's a lesson in the um, because after Nathan visits him and then he repents, and then you know Nathan says the the child that you know you had will die. Um, and then right after that, the child falls sick and David, the, you know, the scripture says that he laid, he laid in the dirt for, for, you know, for as long as the child was sick, he put on sackcloth and refused to eat or drink, Mm -hmm. um, and begged the Lord to spare the child. And then when he didn't, and they said it was like seven days, he didn't. And so at the end of that time when the baby died, when the child died, um, David got up, washed, ate, and, you know, his servant said, why are you acting this way now that the baby's, you know, now that the child is dead? And he said, uh, you know, while he was still living, I begged the Lord and thought maybe God would relent. Maybe God would change his mind and have mercy.
0: But now, you know,
1: I don't know. I just wonder if there's something there. Well,
0: you remember, his, and he, he finishes that off by saying, um, I, uh, he will not return to me, but I will, return but to I will, I will go to him. And um, I remember when our, in 1991, when our children died. Um, our twins were still born. Uh, that one scripture was probably the most comforting thing in all of our grieving. And, uh, and it really is the bedrock of the, the- of, of the theology that when children die, you know, when an infant dies, it goes to be with the Lord because David makes this statement, you know, saying one day I will go to him. and I just remember being so comforted by that. So out of that, you know, I mean, that one verse is, has comforted mm-hmm. thousands of parents grieving the loss right. of an infant.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, asking that question, oh, my gosh, the child never professed Christ. You know, is he in heaven? And and even that whole age of accountability theology comes, That's I think that's the uh, the head of that stream. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, good. All right, so there are a few thoughts here and there about David. And uh, we hope you've enjoyed the journey with us, whether you listened to the sermon or you just jumped on the podcast and said, let's see what these two are up to today. <laughs> um, and this was the end of the Old Testament series. It is. Biblical characters before Christ. They're, they're, we're all done with them. Yeah. So.
1: It was a good one. I really enjoyed it. Digging in with some of these Old Testament people.
0: Yeah, and the next stop for us is Holy Weeks. Weeks. So, I just say weeks because you have to put fall. <laughs> Palm Sunday through uh, Easter. So we will be talking, um, we'll be looking at Palm Sunday. Uh, Mark is preaching this week, so we get to talk about Mark. And then uh, in two weeks, I will preach an Easter message. So we'll talk about that some. Resurrection, salvation of Jesus Christ in our lives. So until uh, until then, God bless you. Come back, join us for deeper still, a podcast.